Alright, let's do it! Welcome back, everybody, to the Allegedly Presents the Nerd Brew. A show where my co-host and I get a random topic from our very own randomizer, Randy McRandom Face, where we then give a power ranking on whatever topic Randy chooses for us today. Unfortunately, today, we gave Randy a day off. For today, we saw Thor... Love and Thunder, and we're going to talk about it. My name is Joe, and with me is Alex. Welcome to the podcast! <laughs> we got rankings in games! There we go. Nice. Yeah. I, was... will, I will say, like we talked about this with Iron Man, how like, oh, they just bought ACDC's catalog. <laughs> I was like, I liked how they hearkened back to that and they just bought Guns N' Roses catalog. Was that, see, so I'm not as affluent in Guns N' Roses as I was in ACDC. Mm. Was that, was that the majority of their sound? That was everything but like the original score was Guns N' Roses. See, and it fit, like, I think it worked really well, especially with the scenery. Because there were some things they kind of heavily leaned on the synth wave too. So unless, mm. I don't remember, do Guns N' Roses, did they lean on some synth? No, not at all. So they were, they added some synth in to kind of give that vibe. Yeah, I think they, I think they, I didn't, I forgot to look for them in the uh, uh, credits, but I think they brought back, um, uh, what's his face, N- uh, Bau- Nombauer from um, Devo. Mm. He did the score for Ragnarok. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, it works, right? And you kind of need that, too. If you have a going theme with a character that works, mm-hmm. you kind of got to figure out a composer because Thor is on his fourth movie. Captain America is going to be on his fourth movie. They just found a director, right? Right. And then, um, I mean, Iron Man, if he ever comes back, they'll be on his fourth standalone if he right. comes back. You know, so it's like, at this point... You just assign a composer that you like, and you're like, here you go, sign on for, like, five movies. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, um, and especially now that they've kind of found an identity for Thor. Yeah. You know, like, the first, like the difference between the first two movies is wild, and then Thor- Ragnarok's even more different, just well, tone-wise. So yeah. that, like, like, now, like, they've actually, like, four, four movies in, they've settled down into a, <laughs> right. into a, <laughs> a tone. <laughs> Well, and that's genius, too, because I think one of the, the more difficult points to write when it comes to, like, a Thor character is in the comics, he's very stoic, right? Mm-hmm. He's very much, he's space Superman, essentially. I mean, I know Superman goes to space, but he's kind of like that immovable object. You throw galactic-level threats at Thor and, like, Captain Marvel, right? Right, and he, he, they just dig deeper yeah. to, to overcome yeah, and then, um, so it's like you gotta kind of make an identity for this Thor character amongst other like Captain America's very stoic, Iron Man can be very stoic. I mean, even Hawkeye in the comics can be very stoic, right? Right. So it's one of those things that like you have all these characters that you want to try to make their own personalities and kind of give an own feel to. And Chris Hemsworth as an actor just has such a silliness to him. He's like such a goof. Like, right, it's and it, yeah, it's like a genuine goofiness. Yeah, like all he has to do is smile at you, and you're like, "That's hilarious!" Like, and it's like right. not just Thor, 
Like uh, no, like, like he he kind of he went away from Thor and started doing these other movies where he's way more charismatic. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh shit, Chris Hemsworth is charming as fuck. Yeah, well, like you know, he has he's, he's got social media presence where he's like constantly dancing and acting like just like a silly human, and so I, I think it works. And you know who's what's funny is I feel mm. like. Chris Evans kind of went the other way a little bit. Like I feel like Chris Hemsworth is is now acting the way Chris Evans did before he became Captain America, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, he's he <laughs> Chris Hemsworth for Johnny Storm. Yes, <laughs> dude, that would be such a weird curveball, right? Oh man. That yeah, it looks so like Chris strange. Evans now is just like, I'm going to play villains for the rest of my life. Dude. But see, like, that's what's funny is all these actors can do that, right? Like, they, they're... they're it, yeah, it, tur- it turns out, like, they were actors before they became superheroes. Yeah. It's kind of strange. But they were, like, talented actors. Like, cool, because he played a villain, too. Chris Hems- or Chris Evans did. He was mm-hmm. he was one of the boyfriends in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, remember? Yeah, he's one of the evil exes. Yeah, and dude, it, he was freaking hilarious. It, <laughs> it's called a grind, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, build, building this identity for these characters, Taika Waititi took that and was just like, you know, Chris, just just act the way you think Thor would act, right? I think he did that with everybody, though, in Ragnarok, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, he really, like, Tom Hiddleston is, like, that, like, you're like, oh, like, that, I mean, that character's always growing as well as Loki, and, like, mm-hmm. it seems like he's, like, a little bit funner. Um, right. Like, he gave personality to fucking Bruce Banner and the Hulk mm. more. You know, like, Mark Ruffalo is a wonderful actor, and he does great work. But, like, that movie was like, oh, Bruce Banner's a character, too. <laughs> right. Like, Bruce Banner's n- just not the vessel for the green guy to come out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, um, yeah, because Mark Ruffalo... Because I think Mark Ruffalo did give more life to Bruce Banner and and uh, Hulk more mm-hmm. than Ed Norton and Eric Bana did. Yeah, that's for sure. So, and I'm not saying, like... I'm not saying that Eric Banner or Ed Norton are bad actors. I just think that they were kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place for how they had to represent Thor. And I really do think that Mark Ruffalo, or not Thor, sorry, Hulk. Mm. I do think the Mark Ruffalo Hulk is more apropos for the MCU. Yeah, I, um, you know, like it's everyone else treated it like as a buildup for the Hulk to be revealed. Like Hulk's the main character of those movies, mm-hmm. or like at least that's the ending of those movies. Like, where, like, they started treating Bruce Banner as the character and not right. the Hulk. That's a big deal, yeah. I, I, I think it's the same way with uh, Batman. When you incorporate yeah. a lot of Bruce Wayne in the Batman storytelling, there's mm-hmm. I think there's a big payoff to that, right? And I yeah, think that's 100%. with a lot of characters. It's like Peter Parker, right? And that usually Peter Parker and Spider-Man stories are pretty much you get a lot of Peter Parker and a lot of Spider-Man, right? Those yeah. are too acceptable. But when you watch, like, a Superman story, right, you're pretty much walking and going, okay, I just want to see Superman. Uh, Clark Kent's right. okay. It's <laughs> so much so that, like, he, his job is vague at best. Yeah, <laughs> like... exactly. And so uh, 
Thor was kind of interesting because when they transitioned away, <clears throat> they brought in a lot more of the like humanistic kind of just quirky character traits that Chris Hemsworth already has. And then they kind of brought yeah. that to life in Chris Evans. But they still kept him kind of... They still did keep him stoic, right? Which yeah, I think is like a he, really good call. Right. Um, do we want to just run through the movie from the beginning? Fuck yeah. All right, let me um, open up I guess my... we should say now, spoilers. Yeah. Spoiler <laughs> alert. This is not a spoiler-free episode. We are going to talk about items that are in the story that are actually, I think, pretty significant to the MCU not just from a Hulk or a Thor perspective, but from like an MCU perspective as a whole. Right. Like the uh, if you haven't seen it, we've enjoyed the ten minutes we've been together. Please come back to us after you've seen it. <laughs> yeah, we have a kind of a fun other podcast that we do called Allegedly, where you don't have to worry about spoilers because we don't even talk about Thor, at least yet. <laughs> we don't even know what's going on half the time, so. <laughs> I, technically, that is the premise of the show. We we don't know what's happening. <laughs> so, everything, like, you're getting spoilers as we're getting spoilers. Dude. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's live. We'll just do it live. Fuck it. Doing it live. Fuck it. All right. So, let's, now we got that out of the way. Anybody that's left, you know what is going to come. So, scene open, right? Shit planet. <laughs> it is literally Arizona is where they live. No fucking joke. Right. <laughs> I would, I would not say be though, I didn't see that many Republicans in the background, so it might be a little bit better. They were there. A lot of camo. <laughs> They're the reason why no one else is there. <laughs> There's a lot of camo in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so you opens up to Gore and his family, right? Uh, just his daughter, yeah. Just his daughter. Okay, so uh, praying for water. Actually, I'll, I'll let you run with this one. Okay, fucking spoilers. I'll just be honest. We were like five minutes late. Fucking forgive me, okay? I We, we tried to make it. it you got to get popcorn, so you just crunched an extra five minutes. Sorry, okay? So I missed hey. this part. Hey. You didn't miss much. I'm being vulnerable with the audience here, you know? Hey, I like I'm it. A, I'm a person, too. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. All Thank right, you for you, being so open. I, I I got to the part where he meets the god, so I'll let you run with this. Right. Uh, so it opens up. A uh, shit planet. It's a desert planet. <laughs> um, and it's just Gore carrying uh, his a small child. We, we assume it's his daughter. Um, and and not an evening meal. So <laughs> he's he goes and he's, we see him praying, and eventually. Uh, his daughter uh, passes away. She dies. Uh, it's very sad. And this is all within like 30 seconds. Like <laughs> this movie wasted right. zero time. Nope. Jump straight um, into exposition. He then buries his daughter um, and is sleeping by her grave when he hears a voice. We don't know what this voice is. We f find it out later. But anyways, he hears a voice. and He, he starts Crawl, walking towards it and finds himself in an Eden surrounded by water and fruit and everything. And then we meet a god who is not happy that the trash has found its way in. <laughs> that sucks. Um, then, like, it's the god that Christian Bale was praying to. 
Uh, and he's happy now because all his suffering has been, you know, for something. The God, who was played by an actor I could not fucking name, but I feel like I know the fucking guy. I just could not place his face. But he then lets everybody know that um, he doesn't think too kindly of his human subjects and thinks that their life uh, is only there to serve as suffering for him. Uh, a shadow then moves. We get introduced to the Necro Sword, which is a god killer weapon. And it continues to whisper like the Ring of Power and travels through Shadow. Gore picks it up. Stabby, stabby, stabby. Kills the god. Um, And honestly, one of my, like, the flower people disappear, which was a great gag. (laughs) They just, like, melt away. Yeah, they're like, oh! (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh my word! So within 30 seconds, I was very sad, surprised, and then chuckled. Yeah. Uh, Got a little, got a little uh, and then and then we cut to hard cut to uh, Korg giving us a narration for where Thor's been since Endgame. Right, and this was hilarious because it kind of makes you reflect on how many times. Because like honestly, since we transitioned into Ragnarok, he's been a lighthearted, silly character. But if mm-hmm. you really break it down like this, and they still do this in like a uh, silly kind of way. Right, mm. they break down all the tragedy that it's like kind of befallen Thor, and right. it's like he's had to mourn his brother like three times. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's like, oh, that guy's dead. Like the, uh, like all the Asgardians lost his planet. Friends have died. Mm. Dad died. Dad had to fight his sister. Lost his friend. Got dumped. You know what I mean? Like, right. And then lost his whole planet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, all, all with what? What was what was the song in the background? Was it Oh Sweet Child of Mine? No. What was it? Oh no, that it's the only non Guns N' Roses song. It was uh Fuck. They play it at like goddamn like high school graduations and shit. <laughs> oh, Green Day? I can't remember the fucking name. <laughs> I can't remember the fucking name of the song off the top of my head. I don't think it's Sarah McLaughlin, but it's something sappy like Sarah that. McLaughlin, that'd be brutal in the beginning there. Oh, uh, but so, yeah, it's the like I just now remembered it's the only non Guns N' Roses song. So the funniest shit is like right after he finishes, right? So mm-hmm. Guardians are fighting these dudes, right? Because he's he's rolling around with the Guardians, just like hanging out with them, getting mm-hmm. in shape, right? They show him working out. He went from fat bod to dad to dad bod to god bod. Yep. That was fucking hilarious, right? And fucking he uh, planted his Stormbreaker. Mm-hmm. And nobody... Uh, the, what I thought was hilarious is the freaking Stormbreaker grew roots. Right. Did you notice that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, holy moly, is this trying to grow another Groot? Right? Like... Well, it's funny because now later in the movie, they treat it almost as it's a sentient object. Exactly. And I'm like, maybe it fucking is. Like Exactly. Well, you got two things on there that seem to be sentient now. You got the, the hilt, which is mm-hmm. made by Groot, and then you actually have the hammer component of it. Right. right. So that could be sentient as well. But, like, he takes it. And he's like, to battle, my friends. And he rides it like a broom. And I was I was laughing my ass off. That was so such a wild choice. Oh, it I can tell you right now. I can tell you right now. 
He did two takes. Okay? Yeah, right. I I know for a fact that he probably did two takes. Like Taiko T says, okay, jump like you normally would jump to like fly away as Thor. And he's like, mm-hmm. and then just next one, do something random. And then he did the freaking broomstick gig. <laughs> and Taiko Atiti's like, yes, that is going in. Because you see him fly away in the background, too. He's just like, right. Uh, and now now enters the first Guns N' Roses song, Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. So, fucking, it's hilarious. Lands, it's all chaos, right? He's totally mm-hmm. chill as a cucumber. Right, because he's the freaking Thor, right? Like, this isn't even the worst shit he's seen. All the Guardians are pinned down. Yep. And Dax is like, or Drax is like, we're all going to die. Yeah. Just like, how are you guys doing? We're all going to (laughs) die. And, uh, yeah, he rolls up and, like, fucking throws off that robe to reveal his his cool Guardians of the Galaxy uh, vest. No, it was the, Mm -hmm. what was it? No, it's the Reaver vests. Yeah, yeah. He's rolling around with a reaver vest, right? And fucking just goes hog on these these people that took over the god's temple. This, like, these people's god's temple. Right. And, dude, I was fucking laughing. Like, it's, uh, in the middle of all this comes possibly the best shot of the movie, the blood sport shot. <laughs> yes, the, the blood sport, Jean-Claude Van Damme. So, two... Basically, two glider ships, right, circle around. He throws Stormbreaker. It destroys, like, all the glider ships coming at him. Two, like, whip around and charge him head on to, like, smash him. And he catches both of them in, like, a split, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, it's the best scene. Like, this this whole scene was hilarious because Thor was, like, flying high. Like, he he just, you could tell, he just made up with his mom, right? Mm Mm-hmm. He, he, he's back in shape, but as the character is concerned, right? Right. Like, his his godhood is kind of solidified. He's got Stormbreaker. He's on this, like, this kind of journey of rediscovery, but he's still kind of flying high. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there's a lot of answer or questions he's had answered yeah. so far. He, he's, he's running solo. Like, the Guardians are not involved at all. Yeah, exactly. He, he's 100% a one-man army at this point. So, catches the ship, destroys him, saves this this alien race from these invaders, in the uh, destroys accidentally fucking <laughs> destroys the shrine. The the thing uh, that uh, they were trying to save. Yep. So, all that's going on, right? We flip to Jane Foster. Mm. We find out has stage four fucking cancer. So we flip from this like really high energy scene to like this really sad scene yeah god damn it (laughs) uh and i gotta say it was fun to see natalie portman's character actually have character like right is she was such just a a chick in a marvel movie before yeah um she was actually pretty funny they explored her character because it was like how is she dealing right like right and i think very heavily she was dealing with like denial right 100 percent, yeah uh, she, we get a great little cameo from cat dennings yep cat dennings which um, i was surprised she didn't come back that was kind of the right yeah for sure but i mean they're in space so like what opportunity you know what i mean like that's mm-hmm. what's tough if they were on earth they could have done more but like you know she's still 
Well, no, she was dealing with... Wasn't she doing stuff with, uh... She's doing stuff with WandaVision. Yeah, I don't know how those timelines add up, but that she could have been called off by the FBI. Yeah, because sure. she was doing... She she got her doctorate, and she was doing something else with... Mm-hmm. So maybe, yeah, maybe the timelines winded up something similar to that, right? Because that was mm. right before Doctor Strange. Is this before or during Multiverse of Madness? Who knows? I mean, it, it's got to be. I guess it could time. be, yeah, it, like somewhere in the realm. Yeah. So, characters are doing their things, right? She's going through chemo. Mm-hmm. She's dying. Is really what it is, right? She gets called out to similar to the Necro Sword, right? But yeah, you find out later that her calling is coming from Mjolnir. Yeah, because off screen it turns out Thor and Jane actually did have a relationship that we just never fucking saw. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, and they like, kind of they explore it, and I yeah. actually it was wrapped in a. It, okay, so a lot. Thor things... gets his second narration. Yeah. Well, so did that happen right there, right mm. after the she gets the calling to? Uh, think... We go to no, we we cut from her science lab where she's hurled up, and then she basically looks up like in her textbook. Right, she looks yeah. up Milner and she goes, "Oh, maybe." She thinks to herself, she's like, maybe this is the cure for cancer. Yeah. She then goes to New Asgard, which has been turned into a tourist trap. Oh, it's fucking great. I, I love it because it's so fucking real. Like, yeah, it was, it's played as a joke, but it's like, it's sad how accurate it actually is. Yeah. New Asgard. <laughs> All the cruise ships. <laughs> King, King Valkyrie. She's kind of, she's being worn down by the red tape and the politics. Like, Mm-hmm. Cause think about that, right? You're you're a you're a warrior, right? Literally, your living and breathing is just to die on the battlefield, and then you get turned into kind of like a politician, who people are like thrilled to see you, but you're like, are you gonna fight me? No. Okay. Well, what, what are we gonna do, right? And so right. she's like kind of done. Yeah, she's just a figurehead at this point. Um, let me get up to my. Yeah, so, so, sorry, I'm just catching up with my notes again. New Asgard. Oh, yeah, it was a cruise stop. And mm-hmm. Of course, it would be a cruise stop. You see all the cruise ships. Um, and then, oh, yeah. So, the play. They had another play. Of course. Freaking Ma- hilarious. Matt, Matt, Matt Damon, Damon and, and the, the Hemsworth, the Elder. Yeah, dude, I was laughing so hard that they brought in Chris Hemsworth, like, or not Chris Hemsworth, his brother. Yeah, um, to, to be... play him. Oh, <laughs> man, dude. It was just, it's so freaking perfect. Like, because he does, it's weird. He does kind of look, like, it's not identical, but mm-hmm. he looks enough like him to be like, yeah, yep, that's him. Yeah, uh, he's a blonde, attractive Australian man. Yes, it, it's so great. And then uh, Matt Damon, and then uh, they brought in... Uh, What's her? Uh, Melissa, uh, Melissa McCarthy to as, play yeah, as, Hella. As Hella. <laughs> Dude, that was so freaking funny. And then, then yeah, then they, they go through and they reenact the, the events of Ragnarok. So everybody cheers. Mm-hmm. And then they go into, um, you know, Mjolnir and the remains. And I didn't think about this, but they're like, you can't pick up the shards. So they just kind of built around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's just a piece <laughs> of ground. Like, yeah. Dude, they, and it's funny because they can't. They literally can't pick up those shards. So it's like fucking. It's great. It's it's wackadoo, but it's great. So mm-hmm. she rolls up. She can do it, presumably, because it cuts to 
back to Thor, who's kind of going over things about, like... Because this is where the Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor kind of part ways, right? They've been right. traveling together while he's kind of gotten himself kind of more rooted, grounded to kind of go back out and be Thor again. Mm-hmm. And then... He, he's looking for battles again. Yeah, right? So they part ways. And... Uh, yeah, let me... Oh, yeah, and that's when they kind of go back and they go through the relationship that they had. That was another kind of cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that this is a going trend in uh, specifically this, uh, the Thor Love and Thunder, is that mm. they wrap really um, mature like relationship things, right, in a really comedic rapper. Right. Because they're... Yeah, yeah, Korg's narration takes over again. Yeah. And... Like, but it's it's going through a series of events, and like they slowly start separating. Well, here here's what's bananas, though. Okay, so you know they're in the honeymoon phase. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Everything is perfect. They laugh at the same jokes. They like the same things. You know, everything that each other does, down to like, you know, farting in bed, is funny, right? It's not mm-hmm. annoying because you know it's all new and it's funny. Um. And Thor, there's a scene where Thor is sitting down and he's looking at Jane Foster after, like, presumably a Halloween party. And he's Mm -hmm. talking to his hammer, right? And I thought this was really fucking neat because he put a a spell on it. He cast a rune on it, just like his dad did, just like Odin did, right? So that nobody could pick it up unless you're worthy of Thor. Right. And so um, he says, hey, take care of her. So presumably, that's one of the reasons why the hammer reconstitutes itself for her. Yeah, yeah. It knew she was near and needed help. Yeah, she needed help, and so it went to help her. Um, Yeah, so they kind of go over the backstory. They can't stay together uh, because, like, kind of real life is hitting, right? Like, he's a god that is really not going to age, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the Earth could be... like. I think in the comics, old Odin is clocking in at over a million years old. Right. Like, you know, that's a lot of time to uh, be alive. <laughs> you know? So that, that shit kind of weighs on them. And I think it starts to put a strain on the, the concept of, like, you know, she's got, she's a physicist, he's a superhero, right? He's a god as well. So he deals with not just godly things, but superhero things. And then they cover it up with work, right? So instead of right. addressing the problems um, and talking it through and working it out, they dive into work. Mm. And so that drives a wedge, and then they separate, right? They go, they split. And that kind of brings us to modern day when uh, Thor... Well, I guess on the Guardians, we kind of miss something big. On the Guardian ship, he gets all those distress signals, right? Saying that those guys yeah. are all dead. So yeah, uh, apparently Gore has been busy. Yes, with that necro sword. Right, cutting it up. They have a really cool shot. So Thor goes to investigate all the the, the gods' disappearance, and he shows up to the one god that's like the size of a mountain. Mm-hmm. And I do have to add because I thought this was funny. That god is in the comics as well, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it it's funny because they personify him. So Thor is like, I saw him. While I was riding the Bifrost, he was going the other way. We waved at each other and laughed like a thousand years ago. Or not just, no, it wasn't a thousand. It was a hundred, over a hundred years ago, mm. right? 
Like, because, like, you know, he's a god, so 100 years doesn't seem like an absorbent, uh, a, a crazy amount of time. So he he's like, yeah, that god used to wrestle black holes for fun. So right. that god you see, per the comics, can wrestle black hole and, and be cool. <laughs> mm. Yeah, in the movie, he's like, he was the nicest guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think he was. I think he was supposed to be a pretty gentle god. So, uh, yeah, he's dead. So so that's where they see Sif, right? Right. They, they... Um, she is a Sif minus an arm. <laughs> that was so funny, dude. They were just like, uh, yeah, if, you, if you're going to die, or if you're going to get the Valhalla, you got to die in battle. You survived. And she's like, right. oh, no. He's like, maybe, maybe your arm made it to Valhalla? um so yeah they they go from there they go get her help on the island right and asgard yeah yeah, new asgard they go they go back to new asgard get her help right he uh asgard gets attacked Mm -hmm. because of guess who is it is it gore it is yes (laughs) boom god i'm good at this game we finally, we finally get our, our our hero and our villain meet for the first time. Yeah, and, and I gotta say, it was amazing to see Christian Bale have fun again. That's yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> he kind of let himself go on, dude. There is one scene that I absolutely fucking thought was hilarious. It's with Gore. For the mm. most part, Christian Bale, you throw him in kind of like a weird, like a weird role, especially when you put him in makeup. And mm-hmm. he just excels. Yeah, like, it was... Like, I think he kind of got a reputation for being a serious dourpuss. <laughs> and it was... like, But it's like, no, like, man, he's so good. Like, he can he can go from over-the-top hammy to just so heartbreaking. And, like, he's, he's by far my favorite part of the movie. Well, it's funny, too, because if... Um... If he wasn't Batman, he probably would have made a fucking excellent Joker, right? Mm, like, that's mm-hmm. just kind of how he, he acts. You know? nice. And I think he actually had, like, almost his real accent. So. Oh, really? <laughs> I think so. I think yeah, it's it almost, like, his real accent, which was nice. That is great, dude. Because he, he basically just is evil Christian Bale is what it is. Yeah, it's like, what if, like, uh, <laughs> what if what's-his-fuck from... Uh, American Psycho had a British accent. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Oh, you're talking about... Um, Michael Bateman. Yes, holy shit, dude. Well, there you go. <laughs> you like Huey Lewis in the news? <laughs> <laughs> yeah! And I could totally see that because... So he rolls up, they fight, right? And mm-hmm. he takes the kids. That That's that's the big thing, right? He takes the kids to lure out Thor, right? He wants mm-hmm. to set a trap. Uh, for what, we don't know yet. But takes takes the children, gets away, right? Thor... King Valkyrie and uh, Mighty Thor, Jane Foster Thor, right? Mm-hmm. They get together and they're like, hey, you know, we got to go rescue the kids. How are we going to do it? Because what you find out is you start getting introduced to the concept of the hammers having their own personalities. Right. right. And, you know, he, <laughs> he keeps trying to take the hammer. Yeah. Thor is uh, a taken. By yep. both his ex-girlfriend and his ex-hammer. Yes. It's hilarious. And it, it's always and like And Stormbreaker a... starts acting out. Yeah. Oh, because, yeah, he takes off, right? He's like, I'm going to go rescue the kids. Because he can, he can now perform a Bifrost-esque uh, thing with, his, with uh, Stormbreaker, 
right? That's mm-hmm. it's one of its abilities. And he goes to like launch himself out, and he you <laughs> see him get launched into that statue or yeah. the, the gate or whatever. He's just like, bam! And he's like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you're embarrassing me. Yeah, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> So he comes back in. He's like, yeah, I just got back. <laughs> that that yeah, was the most... So, re- uh, fell short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but they just saw him. That's what was so funny. Like, uh-huh. the whole, like, everybody in there, too, was just watching him just eat shit. It was like, it felt like a Dumb and Dumber moment, if if I was gonna, like, put mm. it to another movie. Like, yeah, I fell off the, I fell off the uh, Bifrost again. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, um, so... Gets back, right? Um, they make a plan to use the Bifrost that the hammer can create to pull them using the Valkyrie ship. So you, you use mm-hmm. Bi- the, the Bifrost Stormbreaker hammer as an engine that pulls the ship along the Rainbow Bridge. They can get to wherever they need to go. Yes. Right. So the being thing- pulled by the two most annoying goats oh, in film history. <laughs> yes, these goats were like given to Thor. That they're a reoccurring character, giant screaming goats. And what's funny is it's pretty accurate to normal screaming goats. Like- right? Yeah, I wouldn't want to have them. <laughs> yeah, they're just big. <laughs> mm. So they make a plan to go to omnipotent city right which is a little different than omnipotent city or at least what i remember from the comics so the the comic omnipotent city was almost a library right sure and thor went there in search of what was happening to the gods right and so in the comic books thor rolls up says hey show me to where like the, the wing of missing gods or lost gods is, and it's like a gigantor wing. And that's kind of where he learns that gods don't care, right? Sure. Because all those other gods are either dead or gone missing or just nobody knows what happened. And there's like a whole wing, like millions of gods. And he's like, why aren't the other gods like talking about this? And they're like, the, 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 the librarians is like, I don't know. Like, you're like the right. first dude to come and ask about it. So that's mm. where... And I think that's kind of the same theme that you got when they went to Omnipotent City in the movie. Yeah, it's it's just... It's a gathering place for all the gods of the universe. Right. Um, it's invite only. And <laughs> Zeus is... Zeus is heading it up. Yeah. Um, Which is fucking... We also... Corrupted. Before we left, we found out that... Um, though she gets all the powers, the hammer isn't curing... Jane mm. Foster's cancer, it's oh, making right. it worse. Right. Okay, yeah. That was right before we get the scene mm-hmm. in the bathroom. And it, it turns out that Valkyrie knows this. Yeah. Um, but it's been keeping it secret. Right. Because it's just one of those things that's like, that's the going theme, right? Like, if Jane Foster can have one more go, mm-hmm. you know, if she, has, if she has time left on this earth, why not spend it, you know, hurtling through space to save the universe rather than, you know, in a hospital bed. Right. So it's very relatable, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's very Thor, really. Very much so. Which is cool. Um, because that's, that's supposed to be what she's embodying, right? Yeah. I gotta say, like, over, like, you know, it's, it differs from the Mighty Thor run, uh, like, in, in how it goes about with the cancer, but like I said, they, like, for a two-hour movie adaptation of it, 
they did a really good job. Yeah. Without, you know, beholding to specifics. Like, they oh. really... Like, they really crunched a lot of comic book into a two-hour runtime in a really good way, I think. Yeah, because the Jane Foster Thor storyline is, is pretty sad. It's like... Like, it's it's in it's man <laughs> it's a uh, by the it's crushing by the end of it right um and like it was and so i was like i remember like going into this movie going like how the fuck are they gonna do that and i gotta say like i don't know if you could do it better without making it its own like tv show Exactly. You know, yeah. If you, if which you more time, I don't know if I want to see six hours of sad Jane Foster. Well, because yeah, when when it starts off, when you're first introduced to Jane Foster having cancer, right? Mm -hmm. I think it was uh, in just uh, the Thor Thunder or God of Thunder mm -hmm. uh, comic art, and he rolls up, and he's straight up like Thor's just like I can go get you medicine, I could go all this, and she's like, no, I'm gonna do this the Earth way. Right. Right. And that's before she was able to pick up the hammer or before she mm -hmm. even tried to pick up the hammer. That's when Thor was still alive. So, um, yeah, it's hard for Thor. Like, he's like, I might right. be able to do something. And Jane Foster's like, nah, dude, I don't need your help. So. Right. But in this one, he doesn't know yet. Right. So it's just her and mm -hmm. Valkyrie are the only ones that know so far. So right. they roll up to Omnipotent City. They beat up some gods right the emotion gods right the indiana jones them yeah they totally indiana jones them you're right, right. where they yeah, they beat them up off screen and, waiting for uh, the get no their ticket clothes. right yeah <laughs> <laughs> no invite they that's 100 percent. they beat them up take their clothes i can't help but feel a little green lantern-y right because each each emotion has a has a color oh right right so uh they basically built like beat up the uh, what, what what are they called? Uh, not Owen is the oh man I, I can't even remember Green the Green Lantern. How Jordan? Uh, hold on wait I I, I got it right here Green Lantern. Sinestro. No, not Sinestro. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> no. <laughs> right here. <laughs> the, the the Green Lantern Corps. No. The Guardians. <laughs> the Watchers. I think, wait. <laughs> what? No. The Howlin' Commandos. <laughs> yeah, the Howlin' Commandos. Um, No, they're just... Yeah, Ganthet. Okay, yeah, okay, wait. They're just called the Guardians of the Universe. I don't know why that took me so long. <laughs> they're just called the Guardians of the Universe... Uh, Ganthet, they, they're the leaders of the Green Lantern Corps, and they made the Lantern Rings. Oh, was the plan... Okay, whatever. Moving on. <laughs> I couldn't think of it. So, anyways, they roll up, right? They listen to, uh, uh, Zeus's rock and roll in uh, intro, right? Dude... <laughs> They, man, they played the rock and roll hard. Oh, it was uh, like, though. The whole Marvel credit, like the opening title scene, remember? Like they played the the Avengers theme on electric guitar to open the movie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like it, it goes heavy. And it works though, right? Like, cause it's just like, like it's very metal. Like everything yeah. is very metal. So you find out basically uh, Zeus 
has a conversation with Thor after calling him out, right? He 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 calls him out off the stands, right? Asks mm-hmm. him what he wants, right? Doesn't know he's Thor yet. Asks him what he wants. He says, I want help dealing with gore, right? Right. Their, their plan is to raise an army of gods. Yeah, to go against gore to, like, fight. And mm-hmm. that's kind of where you get that feeling, the same way that he did in the comics, right? That the gods just are kind of apathetic, right? Right. That, you know, they're they like... They don't... Yeah, he's like, Asgard problems are Asgardian problems. Yeah, they still are children. We, you know, we don't really or care. Or more to the point, I should say, uh, Asgardian problems are Asgardian problems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Zeus Russell. is portrayed by Russell Crowe. Doing what I imagine Russell Crowe thinks is very funny. Yeah. Oh. A kind of bad Italian accent. Yeah. Well, and he uh, it, it is pretty funny, too, because you can tell. Because, dude, Zeus in the comics, right? He's bonkers. Mm. Like, he's one of the Skyfathers, right? So, uh, you know, if he is not equal to Odin, he's just under him. Right. Right, and so he he is not an entity that Thor would lightly mess around with. But mm-hmm. it's funny that you can kind of tell that they've kind of become apathetic in this. Right. So, because he just doesn't care. He's like, we're in Omnipotent City. All the gods right. are here. He's not going to try to get here. Yeah, it's... And, like, as, it, as we learn, invite only means literally the only people that know are in... Optimate City, so like, Gore can't find him unless he gets an invite but he can't get an invite. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Well, and then on top of that... So they're they're willing to just basically wait him out. Well, and he can't because Thor's like, I'm gonna go and fight Gore, and they're like, well, we can't let you do that. Because if 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 he gets a hold of you, he can find Omnipotent City. Mm -hmm. So they they try to stop him there, but they also find out the main plot point of what Gore is trying to do. So in the comics, I remember basically Gore's whole goal was to construct what's called the God Bomb, right? Right. And he did that using like an old, like an elder god or an old god's like heart, right? And then he got the Mm. God of Bombs to help him construct this mega bomb, right? That was like the size of like, I don't know, just something. Did you just say the God of Bombs? Yeah, don't you remember? He was the, so when when Thor. I didn't didn't know there was a God of Bombs. Yeah, so in in the comics, they, uh, who who wrote this? It wasn't Al Ewing, it was. um, Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron, yeah, his run. He exploded. Uh, the whole concept of gods and basically made a gods for everything on every planet pretty much has gods. Right. And so Thor rolls up young Thor to confront Gore a second time because the first time mm-hmm. he kind of got his butt handed to him. Right. Uh, but it was a little even. Gore had the advantage, but it was a little even. So then he rolls up again to fight Gore on Earth. And this is young Thor in the comics. Right. Before really any of the other mm-hmm. main events happen, he runs into another god and that god's like crazy. And they're like, you know, what are you a god of? Right. And or, oh, mm. maybe it was in the cave or something like that. Anyways, he, he bumps into another god and the god's like, I'm the god of sunsets and rainbows. Right. And what you find out is this god keeps changing what god he is. He keeps like altering because he's kind of crazy. 
but he's scared because of what he um what he did and what you find out later is that the that crazy one was the god of bombs so basically mm-hmm. gore took him helped him create the god bomb using the heart of an old god and the whole goal was to kill all gods in existence right and the way they're doing that in the mcu is to get to eternity so they introduce eternity as a character now in um, the MCU, which is a big mm-hmm. deal. And so you can get there. Basically, it's a gate. And if you get through the gate, you can ask Eternity right. one wish. Yep. And they need a key. Mm-hmm. Right. And the key, as it turns out, is Stormbreaker itself. Yep. So they have double incentive now not to let Thor go. So mm-hmm. they go through this big metal fight scene, right? He's beating the shit out of all the gods. And it's pretty hilarious because Zeus tries to flex on Thor, right? Mm-hmm. And Thor just rifles back the thing, like the lightning bolt, his special weapon. Because they wanted to take his weapon, is what they requested. If they can't give him gods, give him a weapon. So yeah. they wanted to take the thunderbolt, is what it was yeah. called. And he like he throws it back at Zeus, and it goes right through his body. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, just shoots him <laughs> right through the chest. Like, he absolutely obliterates Zeus. Like, mm. decimates him. Then they... So they go take the... They take the... Valkyrie jumps up there, grabs the Thunderbolt. They jump off, right? And they blow a hole through side of Omnipotent City and take off to go fight Gore. Now, another thing to note, too, is we see two freaking Celestials. Yeah, like, they're kind of chilling in the background, right? Yeah! They're just hanging out! <clears throat> well, they're waiting for the orgy, my man. <laughs> Dude, they're like, we're gonna be, dude. <laughs> in the comics, it's kind of interesting. Each celestial is supposed to have the power of a Galactus. Mm. So them just hanging out there—that's a pretty big deal. Like, hey, Zeus pulls. <laughs> totally, dude. <laughs> so uh, they go. They have a kind of a touching reunion on a boat, right? Mm-hmm. They kind of talk about relationships and. Uh, before they fight Gore, you know, Jane Foster says, hey, I'm dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. And then Thor is like, I love you. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Like, he can't... Like, they kind of confess these things to set... They kind of set their relationship straight. Yeah. Then they get to Gore's... Like, it was a fucking cool shot because they go to the Shadow Realm, right? Mm-hmm. And... I don't know about you. I thought it was fucking cool because everything goes noir, right? It's basically... Yeah, everything goes Frank Miller, Sin City all of a sudden. Except when they whip out Mjolnir. Yes. I got it, like... Taika Waititi is not the best action director, but he's so good at using color. Right. Like, I guess, like, the action fight scenes weren't that great, but he always found a way to make it at least... Like... They weren't the biggest set pieces or the most spectacular fight scenes, but, like, he really knows how to use color to tell a story. It was really cool. Right. Well, and, yeah, you can see that with how Thor uses Bifrost or how when Jane Foster fights, right, Mjolnir can Mm -hmm. break apart into its pieces. Yeah. And she can throw it and reconstitutes itself on on its return. It was fucking cool. Yeah. 
It so, was, yeah, it was really, there was always something real tasty for the eye to look at. Exactly. And they fight, um, they meet Gore again. Dude, Jane Foster fucking figures it out, right? She's like, oh shit, it's Stormbreaker. Runs mm-hmm. back, grabs Stormbreaker, and chucks it. Right? <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. awesome. She's like, Peace. She just throws that thing into fucking space. Yes. <laughs> and it's gone. Like, it is so gone that fucking, mm-hmm. basically... Gore has to torture Jane Foster and Valkyrie to force yeah. Gore to bring it back. Like the the amount of like chucking she had to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man! And then again, we just get another great scene with Christian Bale just oh, being. Uh, and what I loved about this one, like, there's a scene earlier after he steals the kids, and the oh, kids are in a yeah. cage. And they're talking about Thor, right? And they're like, Thor's going to come save us. Thor's going to come save us. And he pops fucking in out of goddamn nowhere. Out of nowhere. And he's just like... (laughs) um, And then he starts talking about what who we know is his daughter. He's like, I knew a kid like you. She was funny and kind. And, like, he breaks off. And then he's like, your gods have fucking abandoned you. Yeah. And so now... It comes in and he completes the story. He's like, I had a daughter and she's dead. And you're like, oh, it's so good. Like, he couldn't talk about his daughter in front of children. Yeah. But he can now. You know, it's like, oh, this is every bit of his motivation. I forgot about that scene, too. Because, oh, my God, it was so fucking funny. He's sitting there and he's like, you know, uh they were talking about beheading somebody he beheaded Mm -hmm. thanos with the axe yeah right and he's like we're talking about beheading things he's like this is my eel or whatever he's like you know what he likes he likes getting beheaded he like rips its head off and they're all like oh my god right they're freaking out he's like hey 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 don't worry he's gone right and you think he's gonna like disappear him he tries to throw him to the wall and it like bounces off the wall yeah and it lands in the kid's laps like yeah, just this decapitated head. And he's like, what? what? You, liked, you liked it two seconds ago. Dude, Christian Bale's, like, acting. All the kids did a really good job, too. That fucking, that was bonkers, dude. It was so good. Yeah, that was a great scene. So, they fight Gore again, right? It doesn't go mm-hmm. well. Valkyrie gets stabbed, right? Um, mm-hmm. Jane Foster is nearly, like, she's like the cancer's finally spreading enough to where she can't really fight too well. Yeah. <clears throat> and Thor's getting rocked. So they decide to bounce, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. But after he opens up the Bifrost, Gore grabs Stormbreaker and takes it back for himself. So they get launched back to Earth, right? And now Gore has Stormbreaker. So mm-hmm. big deal. They go back. Jane Foster, they're, they're starting to come to terms, right? Valkyrie survives, but she's in critical state. Uh, <laughs> Did you lose a kidney? I like the whole thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And friggin', uh, he's coming to terms with Jane Foster's dying. So he's going through the stages of yeah. like anger and sadness and bargaining and all that. She's kind of okay with it. Um, mm-hmm. if she, They kind of come to terms with it. If she transforms one more time, because the, the hammer is sucking... Her, it's stopping her ability to fight the cancer. So it's the more she transforms, the less ability she has to fight off her cancer. Right. So they come to terms with the idea that if she transforms one more time and fights, she probably will die. The cancer will get her. 
And yeah. so he convinces her to stay to try to fight for kind of like a second chance for them while he goes and he gets Yeah, like he she she's fine with she wants to die powerful and he goes but like you know, but if you do that I like then you like you we don't even have a chance. Like if you stay yeah. here sick, at least we have a chance to be together, you know. But if you if you go off as Thor, like you're okay with you dying, I'm not basically. Yep. And so he goes off to fight. He goes back, right? He mm-hmm. takes the Thunderbolt. So he actually doesn't take Mjolnir, right? He leaves that there. Takes the Thunderbolt, mm-hmm. goes back, um, finds the kids. Because he goes... So basically, Gore reconstitutes this, like, a Temple of Eternity, which is really bonkers. Because you get to see things like the Living Tribunal, which is a big fucking deal in the comics. If, if anybody's never read... Marvel Comics, the, the Living Tribunal is transcends all of the Marvel multiverse, including the MCU. So anytime you see the Living Tribunal, there's only one of him, right? Right. And he maintains the balance in all of Mar- like Marvel's realities. Uh, the only thing that's bigger than uh, the Living Tribunal is the one above all in the hierarchy of power, and the one above all is supposed to represent the authors. So things like Stanley, right? Yeah, and Jack I was like, it's, yeah, I was like, yeah, it's Stanley, right? Yeah. Well, I think before it was supposed to be Jack Kirby because Stanley was mm-hmm. still alive, right? Right. And so now that Jack Kirby or uh, Stanley passed away, I, they'll probably incorporate him somewhere along the lines, right? Um, but yeah, so the 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 Living Tribunals like statue is there, so it's a big deal to kind of see him show up every once in a while. Um, so Thor shows up to challenge Gore. Um, he gives, he grants the kids the powers of Thor. He, he deputizes a bunch of children. <laughs> and they will wreck shit, dude. They go nuts. Dude, like, they fight off all the shadow monsters <laughs> while know. Thor focuses on, on Gore. Dude, the, the shot of the little girl with the teddy bear laser eyes. <laughs> Uh, I love like when he's like I invoke for a temporary time (laughs) (laughs) the powers of Thor well what's interesting though is I think what they didn't they showed but they didn't really explain is that power bomb might not have just been Thor Thor's Thor's powers are usually represented with a blue lightning blue electricity Mm -hmm. they came in as yellow and he was leveraging so if because okay so Odin's dead, right? Mm-hmm. The Odin force is an abstract entity given to the to typically like Odin's lineage, right? The kings and mm-hmm. queens. Now, does that pass to Valkyrie because she's the king of uh, Asgard? Or does that stay with Thor? Because that's typically how right. it's represented. Thor becomes king. Then Thor gets access to what's called the Thor force, not the Odin force, but the Thor force, which is just a shitload of power right mm. so does he gain access to that and the access to power of like zeus when he deputizes those kids because no wonder they fucked so they destroyed everything right so if he's granting the power of zeus and some of the odin or the thor force to these kids yeah fucking mm. bonk i think it was i I have a sneaking suspicion it was just so you could delineate between Thor and the kids. Yeah, probably. Because that, yeah. Like, it's just color coding. Probably. But it's a kind of a fun thought experiment because that 
yeah, those kids instantly. Well, yeah, became... certainly. Like, because I was like, I'm like, for real, you're just gonna give them the power? <laughs> like, yeah, just a bunch of untrained kids. <laughs> well, if you think about it, yeah, like, because that's why I was going to. I was like, oh, okay, he's gonna give him power. They're gonna be. But if you really like break it down, if he's granting the power of Zeus and the power of some of the Thor force in on that, they instantly mm-hmm. go from being like untrained kids to being like you know universal powers like they're universally strong so it's pretty crazy um so they fuck shit up uh they fight off those the 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 hounds i think they're what they're called right uh i think they they just call them shadow monsters shadow monsters okay so something yeah they fight off the shadow monsters uh all while thor is struggling with gore he can't do anything right all and also all to fucking <laughs> November rain from Guns N' Roses. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. God. The ending fucking Oh, that was so good. It was so good. Fuck, I forgot about that. Shit. That dude, the song choices in this one just worked. So fucking amazing. And so Thor fights him, right? Mm-hmm. Fucking gets that uh, struggles because he's got the Thunderbolt. He doesn't have Mjolnir or Stormbreaker because Stormbreaker is opening right. up the gate to eternity. Jake, yeah, he gives Stormbreaker to the kids so that they can escape on the Bifrost. Yeah. Well, no, no, not yet. Not yet. So he's... Uh, uh, oh, that's right. Gore, it's still opening the gate. Yeah, yeah Gore's... Uh, so it's opening the gates. Gore is going to stab him. So it's like, what's going to happen? That's when Jane Foster reveals she showed up with Mjolnir. Right. Because she was feeling Thor getting his ass beat, right? Because she's Thor. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the whole point. Like, they're kind of one and the same. And mm-hmm. so she takes Mjolnir, shows up. You know, he realizes, okay, she's she's going to die, right? So might as well mm-hmm. make it this, like, last badass hurrah. So they get this cool uh, fight scene between the both of them. It's like, you know, the two two Thors versus, uh, versus uh, uh, Gore. And it's it's pretty dope because uh, eventually, because it, it comes down to her. She fights uh, Gore while he tries to get Stormbreaker back. Yeah. And he gets Stormbreaker, throws it to the kids. The kids take the Bifrost bounce, right? Mm-hmm. And so now it's just Thor and Mighty Thor fighting with... Um, the God Butcher. Yeah. And they're just going to town and eventually she breaks she breaks his sword and as mm-hmm. it's going to be rebuilt, she pulls back Mjolnir, reconstitutes itself with some of the pieces of the all black, some of the pieces of the Necro sword, and then mm-hmm. blasts the shit out of it, destroying it. Right. And so his Necro sword is gone, she collapses because the cancer's finally kind of beating her. And then he, you know, Thor goes to her and he, you know, Gore like limps into the gateway to a turn. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, it's they they got it a little too late. The gate has opened, which is kind of an interesting thought because the Gore in the comics, he was cool because the Necro Sword had such a stronger hold on him, and he had a point, right? And this Gore mm. is very similar, right? He's like the gods don't give a shit, and they don't. Right, they did. Right, except for Thor. Thor was a little different. So the Gores from both the comic and the MCU have like a weird infatuation with Thor because of that trait. Like he's humanized, 
Mm-hmm. And I think this goes all the this harkens all the way back to Ragnarok, that whole comic book arc. Because mm-hmm. if you read that comic book arc, the gods, uh, specifically the Asgardians, exist in a state of rebirth, right? So Ragnarok happens, all the gods get destroyed, time resets, they get reborn, and then they go through again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the way Odin figured so he figured out that there was a rebirth event kind of happening because of Ragnarok so he sends he breaks the mold and he sends um Thor back to earth right or he sends Thor to mm. earth in general so that, that Thor can kind of build a conscience get to get, you know get the human experience you know what i mean just kind of become a superhero essentially right and i think that breaks the mold for how things are that's not a typical god experience and i think that's reflected in why gore thinks thor is different why why thor is Mm -hmm. just a different kind of god Mm -hmm. you know and they kind of do that too in the mcu right they show that he's more human that he's he he does care about the weaker right and um but so this gore, the one in the MCU, I think has a little bit. He's a little bit less corrupted, because they get to eternity, and he's gonna wish the gods, like the first person to get to eternity, wish all the gods away. Right, that's was his plan. Mm-hmm. And he gets to eternity, and Thor is like, "Hey, I could fight you, but I'm gonna go spend my time with the person I love. I choose love." Mm-hmm. Right, and he goes and he spends his last moments with Jane Foster, who's dying, and. Gore has to make a choice now, like, because he could wish for anything. He's like, why don't I just wish for her to come back, right? And he's like, but she'd be all alone because he's dying too. Yeah, the 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 sword has corrupted him too much. Like, much like Jane Foster, his own cancer is now getting to him. Yeah, essentially, yeah. And I think the his own cancer was the sword. Yeah. Yeah, it was. The, yeah, the sword corrupted him. So he's dying, and so basically, though, they come to terms with if he brings her back. Thor would take care of her. Right. So that's that's what he does. That's how the movie ends, is that he wishes to bring his daughter back. And here's what's tough, right? I'm, like, sitting here, so I, I have a daughter, and I'm, like, this kind of hit home. You know, this, this kind of mm. hit hard. Because I'm like, God, dude, I cannot imagine losing a child and then bringing them back just so you, like, you're dying, right? You're kind of bringing them back into a Just world. to say goodbye, yeah. Yeah, but it's kind of like he gets his last, like he says he's sorry and all that, and she kind of forgives him. It's kind of like a really sad, touching moment. But mm-hmm. Jane Foster dies too, you know? That's where she, she kind of kicks the butt. Yeah, I like that, like when Thor gets his superhero speech at the end, you know, it's the typical, hey, don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> um, It doesn't have anything to do with Jane. Like... It's not going to bring Jane back. Yeah. You know, it. they they do a different option. Like, Thor doesn't win He, at all. Right. He just gets uh, a second chance. Exactly. You know? Like, this is not a story of a hero triumphing over evil. You know? Yeah. It's a story of, of love continuing despite everything. Well, it, now let me ask you this, though. Is the point mm. maybe that Thor didn't triumph over the bad guys because the bad guy triumphed like good still won over evil but the bad guy kind of beat his own demons and so did thor like they kind of they overcame them their own 
thing. Yeah, they struggles. they overcame pain. Yeah. Uh, you know, like Gore is so distraught by pain that he is turned uh, angry. And he's scary. He uses shadow monsters and he steals children because he's scary. But all that is to cover up the fact that he's in pain. Right. Um, what with Thor is he's childish and confident to cover up pain. Yep. Exactly. You know, and like, so like, that's the thing, like, evil didn't win, like, because they allowed themselves to feel pain. Yep. That, no, that so, makes complete Which sense. I thought was like, it's like, even like the visuals at the end is they're on kind of like they're floating on water. So you get the reflectiveness of it. Yeah, and it's, exactly. The it's the visual calm. style of, oh, they are reflecting each other. Yeah. And you got like, it's calm now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a moment of clarity, especially right. now that the Necrosword is destroyed, though, too. Exactly. Right. Or at least unconstituted or whatever taken apart mm-hmm. right so now that he's free of that necrosword's influence he's able to kind of think clearly and like because i don't think if that necrosword was still you know together and he was still corrupt he probably still would have wished for the gods to die yeah 100 percent. but now that they destroyed the necrosword he's able to go in think clearly make the wish bring her back jane foster mm-hmm. dies becomes space dust just like odin so she dies a god, right, yeah, right. She she dies an mm-hmm. Asgardian, and then, um, yeah, and then the the movie concludes with him being a dad. Our third, our, our third and final Korg, yeah, narration. It was great, dude. And then mm-hmm. they go through all like the the you know what's going on, and fucking uh, Korg gets a happy ending, right? Right, dude. He finds a he finds a husband, and with they make Derek, a was it Derek or Dylan? Oh, it, ooh. oh, it was a D name. Yeah. hundred percent. Daryl? Dude, but I just thought ooh. it was so funny. He had a mustache, dude. <laughs> There's I, I, nothing like a rock having a mustache. Dude, it's just like, yeah, if the thing could grow a mustache. It was so great. Oh, it was so good. And then, um, yeah, so everybody kind of gets Lady, like, like Lady Sif survives, right? She's training Heimdall's son. All the kids mm-hmm. are kind of training. The uh, uh, Thor kind of... Dude, Thor has one of the most parental conversations in the history of the MCU. <laughs> I'm wearing my boots. Look, you can't go out in those. Look, yeah. people, I've talked to some people that thought that was cheesy, okay? Like, and I can see how people think that, but I've had <laughs> Those that, people have never had to talk to a three-year-old. I've had that conversation. I swear <laughs> right? to God, yeah. I've had that conversation in that same tone. Now, the lightning or the, the energy beam that comes out of her eyes, that didn't happen. Right, but it might as well have. <laughs> you know, so, uh, I mean, not just the boot thing either. He's like, they're American, you know, whatever, pancake discs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, I don't like them. <laughs> they're they're, 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 they're uh, pan, uh, pan flaps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I don't like them. He's like, yes, you do. You like them. I'm like, I, oh, my God. I can't tell you I've had this conversation. Right, as a parent. Right. So it's as close to accurate as uh, the human experience you can get for being a parent. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that the movie concludes with them going to combat evil in space, right, or oppression or something that like that. As I, I think her name's Love now, right? Yeah. Love and then Thunder. Yeah, like man, they earn because now the title card happens, right? Yep, and it makes sense. Like, and now Thor, Love and Thunder pops on the screen. I was like. 
fuck they earned that. <laughs> exactly. So Like they worked sometimes like it's weird when you watch like like Inception. It was always weird that the title card happened after it, the whole movie. Yeah. I don't know why it happened. But in this movie it made a hundred percent sense. hundred percent. So mm. and then yeah, so that the movie concludes. Um then it opens up to two end scenes. One with Zeus as not dead, which <laughs> makes sense. It's Zeus. Yep. <laughs> and he kind of is like pissed off that people kind of disrespect him, which is very Zeus, you know, if you know Zeus in the comics. Yeah. Like he he he's sad that he's like when did I loved it that it's chubby Russell Crowe. Yeah. Oh, I love saying, it. Saying, when did I become a joke? Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, that cut, I think that might have cut a little personal ooh, broke, there. Broke the fourth wall a little. Just a little bit. I was like, oh, Russell, my man. <laughs> Actually, I should I should say it was like, oh, when did we become a joke? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so he kind of vows, but then they introduce Hercules. Did did you recognize the actor? No, I didn't. It was hard. Well, okay, I, yeah, I neither did I. was jumping between writing notes and uh, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, I was like, I have no idea who that is. It almost looked like Tom Ellis. So it looks from like Lucifer. Brett Goldstein is the actor. Oh, obviously. Uh, he was in. Oh, that's so funny. See, he's in Ted Lasso. Uh, oh, the this robot. Sh- he played mm-hmm. Tony Stark and Robot Chicken in 2021. <laughs> He's in Doctor <laughs> Who. Gosh, dude. He's in a lot. You look. He's Bob in SpongeBob in 2015. Everybody knows that one. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah, so, I mean, he's done stuff, but it looks like a lot of side stuff. So it looks like now he's mm-hmm. debuting as Hercules in Thor Love and Thunder. So, pretty big role for him. Uh, I'm excited to see right. what he does with it. Yeah, I, d- I, hope, I hope they do one more... Taika Waititi, I hope Taika Waititi gets a trilogy. Oh, I think he's going like, to. I, you know, I, I James really... Gunn's getting his trilogy with Guardians. I hope Taika Waititi gets his trilogy. I really do think they will. I'm, I, it's right. too good not to, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, if they wrapped it up in some sort of, like, Clash of the Titans-esque end, I think that would be insanely smart and fun. He is. I hope they go through the multiverse of madness and they go to a claymation world. <laughs> <laughs> I hope if they do that, they got to bring in Seth Green. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he has to search for J- like I hope Jason and the Argonauts are there. Exactly. Okay, I see where you're going with this now. I see. Yes, dude. J- and they got what was the bird? The owl from class? Oh, uh, atom. What is the? Was his name oh, automaton? No, it was um like Oculo. Oh. Or- yeah, yeah. Owl. Not Artemis. Um, oh, God damn it. It's but bo- yeah, I know. It's not even... It's Bubo. He's <laughs> the uh, mechanical owl of brass and iron. Bubo. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yes. If they do, like, a Clash of the Titans-esque thing, I think that would be amazing. And that would be, basically that would be setting fucking the record awesome. straight. Because that makes sense. First, they don't give any shits, right? Thor mm-hmm. goes and saves them. So now Thor is taken seriously. And, oh, that would be cool, though, if you think about it. So Thor has to basically now set the gods straight because now gods are pissed at him for making them look bad, right? Right. And so now this is where the Thor force comes unlocked, and this is probably where he's like, I, I you know, he probably has to become. Valkyrie is going to be – she doesn't seem to like being king 
of Asgard. I think she's getting tired. Mm-hmm. She wants to be a Valkyrie again, right? So I think she's going to go back to be Queen of the Valkyries, and he's going back to being King Thor, and that's where he's mm-hmm. going to unlock the Thor forces when he's dealing with the gods. Right. Basically establishing him as the, or at least one of the primo Sky Fathers. Mm-hmm. Boom. So yeah, that is Thor Love and Thunder. I had a lot of fun. It was it was very Taika Waititi, which mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy. I fucking love him. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, like, the ending is what sealed it. Yeah. It all started making sense to me when I was like, A.Y.'s coordinating everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it just seemed like a funny choice in the beginning, but at the end of it, when I realized, and the, like the reason that Guns N' Roses is the theme song to all of this is because this is a story being told to Axel, yeah. the Heimdall son, exactly. and he is a Guns N' Roses fan. He is a Guns N' Roses. I forgot about that and, too. Yeah, and so like this is the children's story. Like it's this is the never-ending story. Yeah. Exactly. It's a children's book come to life. Yeah. Telling about the new myths of the new gods. And I was like, oh, once that clicked, I was like, oh. Damn, that's smart. Right? I was like, oh, this is really good. Because I was like, oh, okay. Like, it's kind of going along. And you know, I'm like, I'm having a fun. And then, like, once it clicked. that You know what? That like, makes a whole Once the kids became superheroes. So, wait a minute. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you think some of the zanier parts in the story actually happen? Or is that Korg... Yeah, is he just being an unreliable narrator? <laughs> yeah. Because, like, he breaks down people, right? Yeah, well... Like, he breaks down Thor in the beginning. He's like, oh, is this why you're running away from your problems? Oh, your ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Like, and then then he breaks down Valkyrie. He's like, is this why you drink so much to hide your pain? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, he's the storyteller. Like, he's telling a child's story. So he... That makes a whole lot of fucking sense now. So he... Right, like, once that... I was like, because, like, oh, all these kids are now superheroes? Dude, I'm sold. That makes so I was like, sense. oh, yeah, this... Oh, this... I get it now. <laughs> like, wow. So once that clicked, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Like, I think on second viewing, I think I'll like it more. Oh, dude, that... Well, there was so... Okay, so that's the thing. Okay, for listeners, this is not just a single view movie. Because there is so... When you're dealing with Thor, okay, as a character, Mm -hmm. especially diving in the world of gods, there is so much to take in, right? If you sit down in the Pantheon, I guarantee you're Mm going to see 6,000 things that you didn't catch before. 100%. There were... Yeah. There's just a ton of information hitting you. You're only seeing, like, the small snippets that you could catch Mm -hmm. on the first viewing. So, this is... Yeah. You sold me. I did not even fucking think that this was told through fucking the eyes of genius, Joe. God yeah, damn it. Yeah, like, it's through the eyes of Korg. That is funny. It's a really... I was like, it's really sneaky. That is... It didn't make sense to me until the end. Like... Well, there you go. So, I... Yeah. Fucking... That's my that's my hot take on well, it. Well, yeah, I... You it's, know what? It's this generation's never-ending story. I'm going to... I was... <laughs> I, I say this was a recommended. I Now I'm going to say extra recommended. Because once I put that piece together with it, mm-hmm. it makes it entertaining that maybe some of this shit didn't happen. Right? Not, right. not saying that, like, Thor didn't fight somebody. But, like, did mm-hmm. he do the blood sport splits and then look at the guys and be like, ah! Right? 
Right. Like, well, like, it's a running <laughs> gag that Korg, like, Korg kip, keeps mispronouncing Jane Foster. Oh, that's right. Okay. Remember at one point he calls her Jody Foster? Yeah. It- <laughs> oh, my like, God. And Jane, a fucking astrophysicist in the story, explains a wormhole to a kid going, have you seen Interstellar? Or or event fucking Horizon. <laughs> Horizon, yeah. She's like, you should watch those two movies. I'm like, that's weird. That's a weird thing for an astrophysicist to fucking say. But yeah, but oh God, yeah, now it's all coming from him. That right. makes sense. Fuck. Well, I just found our clip for our promo on mm. this. Right. <laughs> so yeah, like, also like, I was like, man, I enjoyed every Guns N' Roses thing, but I was like, it's weird they're only using Guns N' Roses. Exactly. And then it turns out that because Hemdall's son changed his name to fucking Axel. And, and then Heimdall, it's all, yeah. God damn it. Well, fucking, there you have it, fucking Nerd Brew listeners. Joe just fucking cracked this one wide open. <laughs> You're welcome. Because <laughs> I was sitting there, I was like, oh, the kids will really like this one. Yeah. And then, like, I'm watching it, you know, as a grown-ass adult, and I'm like, oh. Exactly. <laughs> like, I there think that's is. what they were going that's for. That's exactly what, fuck. <laughs> you are fucking a genius. I, yeah, I knew there was something about, because I just thought they were trying to appeal to old ages, but now that mm-hmm. you're saying no, that's him telling this, god damn because he is narrating throughout yeah. the entire fucking thing. God damn it. Right, I thought it was weird that he kept narrating. Well, now that we're fu- let's well, end. There you have it. Let's end with that fucking because that's genius, dude. That right there. Yeah, that's a god bomb. That is a fucking god bomb. You just touched eternity, bro. <laughs> and I used my one wish. Yeah, you used your one so wish. so that people understand <laughs> Thor: Love and Thunder. I had so many options, <laughs> but you just chose a genius level cinematic fucking brain. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You want me to close this one out? Let's, uh, hold on. Yeah. And there you have it, everybody. That was this week's episode of The Nerd Brew. We're testing out one of our newer formats to kind of going over a single movie. Please let us know how you liked it. If you think that we needed to stick with the definitive, you know, rankings list, if you like that, or if you like this newer format, or a mix of both, Feel free to reach out and let us know what you think on Twitter at Allegedly, or you can find us on Instagram at Allegedly, or you can send us an email at allegedly.podcast at gmail.com. And as always, oh, sweet podcast of mine. (laughs) 